Welcome, everybody, to Shaggy's House of Horrors, episode 14. That's the Ghostbuster special. We got Nick here, as, yeah. as usual. My favorite number. Yeah, 14 is? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. I guess it's better than 13. 13's unlucky, <laughs> so that's not good. But lucky for us, we have a um, guest in studio today, the um, Ghostbusters extraordinaire. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Chris Sims. Thanks, Chris, for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt. So we're going to talk some Ghostbusters today and, uh, and Ghostbusters 2, unfortunately. And the new one, <laughs> the new one, which Nick saw um, for the first time last night, right? Yeah. How many I, times? Just once. Oh, but just I'm once? definitely going to watch it again. It was great. That was I that, loved it. That was my first question for our guests, because I, I saw it <laughs> twice in the theater and twice at home. And how many times did you see it? I, in the theater, I saw it five times. Okay. Four on opening day. And <laughs> wow. then... Uh, and then at home, I've, I think I've watched it over 10 times already because it's just, it's just <laughs> it's, so nice. It was so well done. It, it was. really was. And we'll, we'll get into it a little more. But um, my, oh, my yeah. first question to you is uh, what I've wanted to know since I've met you is like your first experience with Ghostbusters and how that propelled you to be the big fan that you are today. Okay. So there was a, there was a TV edit done in 87, 1987, which they put the uh, – box set in the box set I was four years old at the time and I remember it, it just was the ABC movie of the week or whatever so of course my family said hey, you know we're going to throw it on right. and I remember getting to the first part with the library ghost when they say get her <laughs> and she screams and I'm, I'm four and I'm right. like this is terrifying <laughs> this is this is terrible and I remember my dad said to me he says why don't, you, why don't you stick it out? It's a movie about guys that get rid of ghosts. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> but I watched it and I immediately was just enthralled by the visual, you know, the visual effects at the time, which were done with practical effects. You know, it, it just was a movie that I was like, this is great. And at the same time, they were releasing the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters, mm. which was something I watched on Saturday mornings, of course. you know, and then I had to get the cereal, you know, because right. I, I was just like, ooh, you know, I'm, in, I'm enthralled with this. And it never left. Right. It was it was one of those things that just never just left. The giant stamp on, on your childhood, yeah. If you ask Same. my family one thing that has been with me my entire life, everyone will tell you, Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have a similar story, but mine's a little different, and, and we're around the same age, but um, it's weird that when you think about these movies that we grew up with, because of the time periods that we were born, like Ghostbusters came out the year I was born, so I couldn't see it first. <laughs> and then so, and same thing with like Terminator was 84 as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when people ask me like, oh, what did you see first, blah, blah, and I'm like, well, I saw Terminator 2 before, before I saw Terminator 1, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. And same thing with Ghostbusters 2. My dad used to, same thing with off the TV. My okay. dad had a HBO subscription. Okay. So every movie I ever discovered was taped off HBO. Yeah. And I watched Ghostbusters 2 first. Um, and I liked it because I was too young to know any better. It was Not that I hate it, but I just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's one of those sequels that just played so much off of the first one that it didn't feel too different to me. Yeah. And that's what I, I that's why I kind of shun it. And, and as good as it is, you're exactly right. You know, they, they were coming up with a second vehicle to use the actors from the first one. And, and sometimes that happens. I mean, the story was coherent. Right. The story was great. But then you you go back and go, you're, you're not going to touch the original. No, you're no. not going to touch the original. Right. It's and I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. You're the you're the expert, but I heard that Bill Murray doesn't like that movie at all. He doesn't like it um, because of kind of the same thing that we just talked about. It's like you threw this together. You got us in it. I, I think now um, it's still considered canon. Right. Okay, within the storyline, I think people have reconciled over the years. But it's it, when you ask, like. And I can imagine if you ask someone like Bill Murray, I mean, imagine his personality and be like, so, you know, what do you think of Ghostbusters 2? I, I can just imagine being like, it was all right. right. Like, I was in it. Right, right. <laughs> I was in it. I made money. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's about the way I think a lot of people feel about it. I don't know. I think yeah. you'd be out of your mind if you're like, Ghostbusters 2 is better than the first one. It's like, are you a <laughs> Ghostbusters fan if you think that? Like, right. I don't know. I don't think there's any aspects of two that are better than one, per se. I know yeah. some people that really, really enjoyed it. Um, even more than the first one, just because it furthered the story. But yeah. you now, teach his own. I mean, right. everybody can have a favorite. There's people that like the 2016 reboot, right? Which, <laughs> which do we even mention that? I don't know. It, it, it's it's weird that the reception that that movie got because at first I, I gave it a shot with the trailer, and sure. I'm like, 
you know what, whatever. And then I was like, oh, here we go, killing my childhood. And I had my friend who's uh, actually a, a lesbian and, and before she turned, uh, dated my brother. And my brother got her into Ghostbusters, right? So she became a fan and she's all pumped for it and I'm hating on it. And then so she comes at me and says, well, you're hating on it because you're sexist. And I'm like, no. And, that, and that's, I think that's what, the, what that movie got. Uh, a bad, a, like Ghostbusters fans got a bad rap for hating on that movie because of the fact that it was an all-female cast. And I don't really think that's why we hated it. I think we hated it because there was, to me, there was no time put in to that storyline. And it was basically yanking everything from our childhood and just throwing it together with this new thing that we're not accustomed to. We all wanted Ghostbusters 3. And so when that came out, I feel like we felt cheated more than anything. It had nothing to do with the cast. But your thoughts on this I, 2016? I absolutely agree. And I think it's important to talk about it, really, as because it it is part of the Ghostbusters universe. Right. Mm-hmm. But it it's not part of the 1984-1989 universe. Right. It was more of a reboot, and I believe the cast was solid, the director was solid, it was a comedy, but the magic that made 84 work the best was, it was a different kind of dark comedy. There was humor in it. There was scares in right. it. There, yeah. you know, There were things that made you go, wow. 2016 comes along they bring that up great idea man i was pumped i was i was like a ghostbusters with females that's great because the franchise rights like they said in the first one will make us rich beyond our wildest dreams that means anybody can be a ghostbuster okay but it's all about just putting on the suit so right that's where I thought it was going. And it's like, man, we're going to see another one. I was hoping, you know, I heard that there were cameos. Right. (laughs) If you're going to use a cameo from an original cast member, make them be their Their own characters. I hated that. I hated that. I was like, you know what? Bill Murray doesn't even want to do Ghostbusters 3. This whole thing's been on hold forever, but he's going to come into this new one as a different character. I'm like, what are they thinking? And and they killed him. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Oof. And, and I think he had the most screen time, too, out of all of them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I only watched it once. So. D- Dan Aykroyd was a cab driver. Uh, <laughs> Winston had the most screen time because, well, Ernie Hudson, because he was the um, Patty's uncle who owned the funeral home oh, where they right. got the car from. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Janine was a hotel front desk agent, you know, and she did the, what do you want? You know, right, like, right, right, right. It, they, throwbacks. If you're going to shoehorn throwbacks... That's where I got lost. I'm like, so you're starting up. This doesn't, it didn't feel genuine. You know, when Dan Aykroyd played Dr. Ray Stance, when Peter Venkman played, or when Bill Murray Murray played Dr. Peter Venkman, when the late Harold Ramis, God rest his soul, you know, played Dr. Egon Spengler, these were goofy guys. Right. They were part of the university. They were dealing with stuff that the university did. You know, that's why they got kicked out. Mm-hmm. Right. But they made that chemistry work. Right. Then you go, you got so, you got the 2016, you got two smart people, which, which was great. Melissa McCarthy and um, Kate McKinnon were great scientists, but they, they were so eccentric. I feel like Kate was the Egon in a way. And that's what she reminded me a lot of anyway. They, they matched they them. Going for, they yeah. matched them, and it, it was right. But they made their eccentricities. There, there was no give and take, you know, where Egon was kind of quiet and reserved. Kate McKinnon is such a great actress, so comedic. They had to let everybody shine, but then you start stepping on each other's toes. Right. You know, it was just like, okay, you know, I can I can just imagine the director going, Oh, those are all good. We're gonna put it in. We're putting <laughs> right. it all in, you know? And and I think that's where and then Chris Hemsworth. I was just gonna mention like, him. He actually I think I laughed once in that whole movie and it was a scene with him. I can't remember correctly <laughs> what it was, but uh, so he was kind of like the Annie Potts. Yeah, but, in, I guess, but yeah. terrible at it. Right. Like, no offense, you know, Chris Hemsworth, please listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> we, we love you. You're right. great. Yeah. You no, know? He's great. He's a great. Come in. He's, he's but, great. <laughs> you know, you, you can't. We'll fly you here. You right. can't always compare the actor to the work that they do because I think every actor has had work to go, hmm. Right. Maybe it wasn't my best. You yeah, know? if it doesn't have a good script or a good storyline, it's not going to be but good I no think, matter what actors you I throw at. I think maybe the younger crowd the hard part with Ghostbusters is the following is so genuine and mm-hmm. so real 
that if you step outside that and make it too goofy or just too and and it, it's it's hard for us to swallow because you know and it was also what 20 22 years after the original right, right. so you're you're kind of it's like the original fans are all excited but you didn't you didn't hit the mark right. i th- i think some ideas were actually pitched by Dan Aykroyd and others. Did he have anything to do with that at all? Did he produce it or anything they, like that? They or? didn't, he didn't produce it, but of course, you know, he was present, you know, as basically um, like a technician or, you know, fact checker. And I think some ideas were pitched that they couldn't run with the correct way. So right. they, they just stuck in more gags. And yeah. it was kind of like, all right, this movie is is one complete running gag. Right, right. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's what makes Ghostbusters so great is like the generational gaps that it has, but it brings all generations together and it sure. continues going. It's kind of like, you know, Star Wars with everybody wanting to be Jedis and, and that continuing on. And then obviously uh, brings me to what you and I were talking about last week with the new Scream. Is it, it, these are, they're doing the requel things where they yeah. bring in new people, then sprinkle in the legacy cast and yes. they're doing that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And it's working out well. I mean, Star Wars did it pretty well, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think Ghostbusters did it the best so far. Oh, yeah. I really do think they hit the mark with it. And it's it's an easy thing to do if it's done right. Mm-hmm. And when I found out who's directing the new one, I was like, all right, he, there's no way he's fucking this yeah. up. There's, there's an interesting fact to that. If you think back to 84, I, th- I think Jason Reitman was born in 77, I believe. So in 84, he would have been uh, seven. seven years old. Yeah. And um, he was on set. There's pictures of him on the original Ghostbusters set. That guy is the original like, Ghostbusters yeah. fan. Right, I mean, he knows it better than anybody else. And yeah, you know, he's, he's bleeding the logo for sure. <laughs> yeah, and when people came to me and they said, "Well, do you think he's going?" I said, "Of course." Yeah, I, I wasn't even concerned. He's said, not going to fuck it up. No, no, no. There's no way. Absolutely no way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, I mean. We were talking off air a little bit about uh, certain roles that we can only picture people in those roles. And so for people that don't know about the original Ghostbusters, obviously um, you do. And uh, <laughs> and so it's, uh, it, I guess the original, well, the original script was written by Dan Aykroyd, right? Yes. And Harold Ramis. And Harold Ramis. They wrote it in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh, really? They, they wrote it in a house that he had in Martha's Vineyard. <clears throat> they, they were working in the basement because they said, we can't be up here writing this and be able to see outside because we'll want to be outside. Yeah. Okay. Right. And it went through several treatments. I don't know if you knew this. No. There was originally a time travel uh, element that was supposed mm, to be yeah. introduced. <laughs> I don't know. And the Ecto was supposed to be all black with purple lights. And it was, you know, like, and it could vanish. Yeah. Like, it was supposed like to do thing. all these things, you know. And then they realized a black, like, because most of the shots of Ecto were at night because yeah. they want to get those those the blue, blue lights, code yeah. you know code yeah. lights going. <clears throat> the other car didn't show up at all, yeah. so you know on camera. Right. Uh, but it, the original one was actually it was like menacing, like pur- <laughs> purple lights and underglow and so kind of like busting aliens in space. It was there yeah. was there was supposed to be like they went back. To, I believe it was the Wild West that they were going to go <laughs> oh, that'd to. Be cool. I mean, I'd, I'd be down with that. And, yeah. the, and the budget was like four times what they ended, you know. And, yeah. And uh, when the <clears throat> when the executives at I, it was Columbia at the time, hmm. and I think Columbia was under under uh, under control of Coca Cola, I believe. Yeah, yeah. At, at that <laughs> time, but when they looked at it, they were like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't I don't know about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like it, it was, you know, remember Buckaroo Banzai and Adventures in the what was it? There's a... Uh, no. Okay, so I, I think I botched the name, but it was a Peter Weller film that was kind of like okay. out there in space and, you know, space cowboy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, They were like, yeah, maybe maybe we don't need this. I think, it, you know, and it was actually a lot more expensive. And they said, ooh, we can't really <laughs> foot that bill. <laughs> so they did a bunch of rewrites <clears throat> and uh, ended up with what the outline for basically what we know now right and then and then um like we were talking off air is that uh eddie murphy and john belushi, john belushi. originally yeah. selected to be the ghostbusters yeah. which which i i don't know like you said that uh eddie murphy didn't like the script i guess huh? yeah slimer slimer is actually an homage to uh 
John Belushi. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah they, uh, <laughs> I you know, and I mean, it works out so well. It, it really does. It really <laughs> does. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I could have pictured Belushi being a Ghostbuster a little yeah, more. Than, I could. A little more than Eddie Murphy. I don't know. I guess it yeah. depends on what lines you give him and what type of character he was. But they were all yeah. close on SNL at that time. Right, so, I mean, true. it was it was mm-hmm. like, here, bring it, you know, if you're going to do something, work with friends and you'll and you'll be, you know, fine. Right. Um, <clears throat> Harold okay. Ramis, I, I can't picture, I can't picture anybody else ever playing Egon. No, nah. absolutely not. And I guess uh, Bill Murray, first day on set, was late or they thought he was running late or they couldn't find him or <laughs> yeah, something they, like that. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was in his trailer, you know, like between takes and then they'd have to go get him. But I mean... <laughs> Teach his own. Let right. him live his life. Right. I, I don't live that life, so I don't know. And I, I guess mean. it took them forever to actually get the Ghostbusters name. <laughs> Another show had the Ghostbusters name, and They're, it took them forever so to get it. So it was oh, owned shoot. by um, Funimation at that time, okay? And they paid them $650,000 to get that name and they were wow. supposed to do another under the premise that they were going to do another project in animation with Funimation with that Ghostbusters. That's why the cartoon ended up being called the real, the real Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, because wow, okay. you know they they outsourced a lot of the animation like most do, right. you know, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> they didn't want anything to do with Funimation's ideas. So they said, "Look, we're renting the name. We're doing our own thing. Right. You know, we still paid you. You can't really say anything while we use it." So they just said the real Ghostbusters because. People were actually watching the other one, like, and they're like, "This has, you know, young kids are like, I don't understand this compared to the right." Yeah, it had like it had it's like about a gorilla, whatever, a like, gorilla, and two two older guys driving around in a jalopy. Yeah, and and before they got before they're like, "Shit, you know, we can't get the <laughs> Ghostbusters name." Didn't they come up with another? It wasn't like Ghost Breakers or there something was like that. Ghost Breakers. That sounds um, horrible. Ghost Breakers. And, and the funny part about that is I'll tell you how far along they were in the movie by the time they got the name. So remember when they pull up to 55 Central Park West and they're looking up, you know, before Gozer gets there. This is this is when, you know, they already know that they need to go into Dana's apartment building. And everybody is outside holding T-shirts and everything. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, Ghostbusters. Go-. They still didn't even have the rights then. And, and it was said that Ivan Reitman was like, I really hope this works. Right. You know, and then, like at that point, he was like, I really hope we can secure this. And, and then I saw in a, a documentary that they uh, they actually filmed scenes twice with for the Ghost Breakers and Ghostbusters. Yes. Like when, yeah. they're hiding, when they're hanging the sign, they filmed it twice. Yes. With once, you know, hanging the Ghost Breakers, once hanging the Ghostbusters. So just in case. Ghostbusters yeah. is such, it just flows. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy in cinema. You know, <laughs> you, you love a film and you think everything goes perfect with these films. And yeah. to me, Ghostbusters is a perfect film. You it's, can't picture The pacing's it. great. The, the comedy's great. The acting's great. It, it, it's just, it's too good. And, um, and, you know, nothing's without their hiccups and their headaches and tribulations. That's for yeah. sure. So, so let me ask this question because this is always on my mind when I talk to, other people that share like I felt that this movie really skyrocketed some of their careers as actors like made them a household name I mean Sigourney Weaver had done <coughs> the alien movie alien previous previous the first, the and then this and she was great as Dana Barrett like thank she you she was yeah you, you think uh, he's just you Nick's a huge alien yeah. fan okay and, you know you think you think Ripley and you think this huge like badass chick and then you know, you see her coming into Ghostbusters, and she still pulled it off. Oh, you know? she was, and she was yeah. still badass. Yeah, you know, she's still, and 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 you want to talk about, you know, so so anyone that's listening that liked 2016, they can't accuse us of feminism. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver was such a strong character right. in that movie. Yeah, there there was there's no denying, no, you know, no. necessary. It's not just it was not just a romantic interest. You know, like a lot of movies in the 80s, it's like, all right, let's put. Let's put an attractive woman in it, right. and then you know the main character is going to fall for him, and there's gonna, and it's going <laughs> to that whole you know even though there was you know that relationship or love interest within the film that didn't detract from some right because and it was so teased at times too it wasn't full on like Dana Barrett I'm Peter Beckman <laughs> I'm in love with you and she's basically like while well, they're walking around her apartment and he's like trying to smooch schmooze her she's basically like fuck off you yeah. know what I mean yeah. like it wasn't just like all of a sudden they see each other and they're in love you know so yeah. that's a neat thing about it too yeah. and uh and I feel like it's neat too when you watch Spoiler alert, because we're going to talk about the new one eventually. But I know we're jumping around, but whatever. We're going to hop around because we're going to talk about everything. But um, I, I liked the fact that 
the end credit scene in the new one showed that they eventually did get together and formed a relationship and yes. a long relationship because they're old as fuck now. Yeah. So I mean, it was just it was just cool. <laughs> it was just cool to uh, to know that that they eventually uh, stuck it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. which is really cool because they're, they're great together. They really I can't are. wait to talk about that scene. That's, that that's that scene, scene wasn't great. That, I mean, that, that, scene, that, that, that scene in the original movie, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the scene that introduces Peter Bankman. With and when you're watching that, you're just like, this guy with is... With Stephen Nash as the, uh, as the uh, nerdy college yeah. boy, yeah. and then Jennifer Runyon was the attractive, <laughs> you know, right. female. Yeah. And like, they... And I, and, We'll, we'll get there, but there's just... I was going to say, 8 o'clock? <laughs> you are a legitimate <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, and that's the thing, too, that when I talked about like generational things and how it stood the test of time because our parents showed us and then we show our friends and we show mm -hmm. our girlfriends who give for others, whatever, and it goes on and on and on. Um, it, it's... I don't even know where the hell I'm going with this now. It's... Um, Damn it! Now I lost my train of thought. Somebody else go. The, the <laughs> movie happens. The movie spans generations. It does. I mean, that's a simple way to put it. Well, and and the, the thing is too. Somebody was like, "You're talking about Ghostbusters on a horror podcast." To me, it's a horror comedy. It there, is. There are many, many, many horror elements to Ghostbusters. Definitely. There really is. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I love about it too. Is that you just can't throw one genre at it and be like, "Here, watch Ghostbusters." Like, here, have a great fucking time because it's three or four different things. It was right. a well-written dark comedy where yeah. some of them it's like okay it, it's still slapstick right, you know right. like it's still it's still slapstick with some horror you know i mean this was it, it's still i mean i've seen it i can't even count the number of times that i have seen that movie oh but I, it's me either and yeah. i i own 700 physical movies and right. that's one of those movies I, and i have a few in a pile of, of my childhood but that's one of those movies i can pop in and just enjoy it every time yeah. like it's never one of those movies where you're like oh i fucking watched it last week i'm not watching it again no, no. I'll pop right. it in. or I'll pop. you know it's never one of those that you think at least for me personally and i'm sure you guys are the same way you go maybe i'll be in the mood for this if i put it no like right. I, there's always a it doesn't matter i'll sit there and recite the whole thing while it goes along <laughs> and then my friends look at me and go uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't not. <laughs> I, I, da I dated a woman about four years ago who's the book reader, and then I was like the movie watcher. So I'd make her watch a movie, and she'd be like, "Oh, I want to read that book." Blah, blah blah. So I was telling her a lot about my childhood and movies I used to watch, and I, I mentioned Ghostbusters, and she had never seen it, and it blew my mind because I don't <laughs> think I've ever met somebody that hasn't seen Ghostbusters or at least introduced to it in some way. I've right? met a few. Have you? Um, have you ever seen? There's there's a meme that was going around. So. <clears throat> Remember when they're in the uh, in the Sedgwick Hotel and Egon's firing in the ballroom, you know, and and, and Venkman tells him, "Hey, nice shooting, Tex," you know, and he has that <laughs> look on his face of like utter surprise that he had destroyed the bar with the with the positron collider. They have that face, and it says, "My face," when someone tells me they've never they've seen, seen Ghostbusters, <laughs> right? <laughs> And I mean, I guess it could happen, but I mean, it, to me, it was such a big part of my childhood that sure. like, it's like a food that you eat and you really like it. You want to share a bite with somebody else type right. of deal. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think anybody could ever watch that movie and not at least love some aspect that, of it. I agree with that. For sure. At least I hope. It's, right. <laughs> so I know we weren't going to talk about two that much and we did sprinkle in a little bit of it. Um, here's the thing too because you're, you have such an attention to detail Chris with these movies I'm wondering and there's easter eggs galore with the new one sure. as we all know um, I've looked up a few but I never really dove deep into it which obviously why you're on this show as well but um, I was wondering like was there any easter eggs thrown in that have to do with two at all in the new one or no? The toaster that was dancing is in the is in Egon's uh, hidden lab Oh I didn't catch it It's in there Shit. Um, <clears throat> The Gigameter that they used when when they were looking for the slime on the middle of Fifth Avenue yeah. when they stopped in the street, you know, and 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 the full nines are over there. Yeah. <laughs> what did I tell you? The full nines are over there. <laughs> I didn't catch that either, man. I got to um, pay attention to that they're, room. I they're guess, in so. there. Well, I mean, I saw it enough times, and I started, you know, when I look at these, and I, I was definitely the first time I watched it for just let it hit me. You know, I'm, well, I'm watching the story. The second time. I still let the story hit me, but I'm now starting to look for right. by four, the fourth time seeing it, I'm able to look around because I'm already reading lines mm. in my head. Right. Um, and I'm seeing it, you know, and people ask Jason Riven, they said, you know, there wasn't as many Easter eggs to two as there were, you know, for one, of course. 
and he still said it is canon, you know. Right. So you got to <clears throat> sprinkle some stuff in there. I did notice, too, I did notice my second viewing um, Egon's house, the stacked books just like yes. in the library. Yeah, yeah I caught yeah. that. I caught that one. And, I, and then the, the license plate on the, I think it's the front of the Ecto one, says like Ghosts 84 or something yeah. like that. Or something, yeah, yeah. Like, something along those lines. So there's a few that I caught, not many. No human being would stack books like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I wondered about? The, the, the new one, too, and as much as I loved it and as much as I loved um, uh, Muncher, uh, which he reminded me a lot of, of Slimer because he's, he's mm -hmm. the same type of ghost, mm -hmm. really, when you think about it, right? He's a free-floating apparition, whatever you call it. Yeah. Class, class five, five class full five. roaming vapor. There you go. You got it. <laughs> so, I, I, but it kind of made me miss Slimer. Uh, I'm like, why don't you put Slimer? Yeah. But Slimer's in Slimer's the, in the in box. New York. Yeah, he's in the yeah. box in New York. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of bummed me out a little bit. But I'm like, how can you have Ghostbusters and not have Slimer? But it made, yeah. it made sense and they made up for it. There's I mean. plenty of room for more. And I, I, think, I think we're going to end up seeing more. Because yeah, I think, so. I think so too. It did very well in the box it office. Did. Mm -hmm. It did very well. Um, it surpassed 2016 with with gross really? earnings. At this of point. course, and that's you know. that's the the crazy thing about it too is like when going back to when we mentioned Ghostbusters to people and some people have never seen it or never even really heard of it. It's amazing to me because uh, all of us were not around when it first came out. I guess it spent like 13 weeks at number one. Mm -hmm. And for a movie back then, like that's freaking huge. And, and then, like you said, then it spawned the merchandise in the, in the And cartoon. that the theme song became as popular an entity as the movie itself. Yeah. You know, Ray Parker Jr. Mm -hmm. If not more. It, it was an original. It was originally a 20 second clip. That's all he did. It was supposed wow. to play over the library scene when she turns the corner and screams. And it was supposed to come up. And, and there was. And uh, it was actually. The late Ivan Reitman, yes. uh, who said, "Man, I really like what you're doing here. Uh, can you make it longer? You know, can you turn? Can you make it into an album? Can you turn it into something?" And he said, "I guess, you know." And and, they, <laughs> and and he and every time he kept sending a draft, Ivan wouldn't let him change anything. He says, "No, this is great. Let's keep it like this. Let's keep it like this." And 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 it became, it was a. Uh, it was on the Billboard. It was a number one on Billboard top charts in 1985 for I a large amount of time. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things like when I just <clears throat> I've recently found out that it was shorter, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I heard he had a lot a hard time bringing up the Ghostbusters name in the lyrics when he was writing the lyrics. He like, couldn't find a melody on how to say Ghostbusters and yeah. finally figured it out. And that song gets stuck in your head like crazy. Have right? you ever seen the video for it? Probably a while ago. It's been a while. So Chevy Chase is in it. John Candy's in it. Like there's there's a lot of really. Yeah, I have to go back and review that lot video of, now. But uh, Ivan Reitman actually directed that music video for Ray <laughs> Parker Jr. Oh, and wow. it's the only music video that Ivan Reitman ever directed. But yeah, go go. Boy, That's cool. I have to. Yeah, Anybody who's listening, go watch it. Yeah. You know, after yeah. this, go. All of our listeners are now going to go on YouTube. Yeah, this <laughs> take a look at it, and, like, and, yeah. and you'll and you'll you'll see. That's. It's, it's different than you'd imagine. But. I, I would imagine so. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, you guys want to take a break? We can take a break and come back and chat some more. Want to break it up? Sure. Yeah, All right. We'll, yeah. we'll be back. Ghostbusters special featuring yeah. Chris Sims. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're back. We are back. Yeah. With our Ghostbuster extraordinary Chris yeah. Sims. We're he, back. Was gonna, he was, was going to record us a promo about cat food and decided not to. It's yeah. Funny. That's all right. It's okay. I'm not a big cat fan anyway. I'm more of a dog person yeah. myself. That's good. But <laughs> yeah, so we're back talking about Ghostbusters. And yeah. the one thing I wanted to get into after the break was um, the humor in Ghostbusters. You know, the, the other thing about the generational thing is that as kids, we loved Ghostbusters. You know, I had the, the proton pack and it had like the big long, I don't know if you remember, it's like the it big long like the foam noodle. thing. The yeah, it was a pool noodle, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had the jumpsuit for, for Halloween and, and all that stuff and, and the trap. Oh, the trap was so much fun to fuck around with. Yeah. I don't know, it was great. I remember but, when you guys were Ghostbusters yeah. for Halloween. Oh, yeah. 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 I wish I could be a Ghostbuster every day of my life. But, right. I mean, <laughs> I guess you can. There's well, no ghosts. Like Chris said, though, anybody can be a Ghostbuster. That's, yeah, Ghostbuster. that's the beauty of it. You, you just know? need some but, ghosts to bust. But like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, but, like, like Winston said in, in, in the new one, I may be a businessman, but I'll always be a Ghostbuster. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. You can be 
You could be a lawyer in a Ghostbuster. You could be a plumber in a Ghostbuster. It really yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, look at Rick Moranis' character in the end of the second one. He thought he was a Ghostbuster, but he's not even the one that split the shell open. They did. <laughs> they did from the inside. So he was yeah. born to he, wear that stuff. We can we can let him think what he wants. Was it was he <laughs> yeah. wearing Egon? He was jumpsuit? wearing Egon's. Okay, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I wondered about the new one too. We're gonna get a new one a lot. So uh, spoilers ahead. Yeah, but um, they know the the new one. Like their jumpsuits are there. Like the kids like grab random jumpsuits. Did Egon set that up to begin with, or like like he like it said podcast? Like did he really have time to, like stitch <laughs> his name on a fucking? Jump it was written with a sharpie. Yeah. Oh, it was. If I you, didn't if even you look, it's written with a sharpie. Like <laughs> oh, he's podcast. the only one that put the name. Tag he's the only on. one that had a name. Yeah. yeah. You know. Okay. All right. That podcast. makes a little more sense. <laughs> yeah. It was. What do you call yourself? Podcast. I call myself podcast yeah. because of my podcast. Yeah. yeah. I really <laughs> take off after episode forty-six. Yeah. Yeah. When Dan Ackerman says it. He's yeah. That he listens. He's the he's only. Like, he, you're my you're, listener. He's like you're MTW. You're my you're my subscriber. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> one. Yeah, he's so one subscriber. Is Dan Ackroyd? Like, yeah. I really found it's, his voice. But it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 amazing to me though that like when we're kids, like I said, we want to be Ghostbusters and whatever. But there's so much adult humor in these movies, and you don't catch it till you're older. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I love about it is the mixture of. Of wanting to be a Ghostbuster as a kid, and then a mixture of the humor that adults can get, you know, like mm-hmm. like when Dana's possessed and he, she's like, "I want you inside me." He's like, "Sounds like there's two people <laughs> in there." Already, <laughs> like there's that. already a couple people yeah. in there already. It might be a little crowded. Like that was totally lost to me until later right, years, and you're like, right. ah. Or, or in the second one, he's like, I'd like to run a gynecological test on the mother, and he's like, "Who wouldn't?" Like <laughs> just stuff like that, and you don't catch it as a, as a kid. So I think that that helps it a lot too. Is, just being wide open like that. Or, or he but, was when he's like, uh, you need to get a stool sample from Oscar. And he's like, business or personal? Yeah. <laughs> he just shoots him a look. Like. <laughs> so good. So good. Shit. But yeah, the return of Gozer in, in the new one. Yeah. Um, what you, would you think of that? What would you think of the idea of that? Bringing Gozer back instead of like doing something brand new. Because I, I feel like there's so many similarities that you're kind of watching the same film again, only tad, yeah. a tad fresher. Which I think was the idea. It but. makes, but for that, it makes complete sense. Right. Like, it wasn't like, we had no idea what happened to Gozer. Okay, they aimed for the flat top. Ray talks about total protonic reversal. They never trapped her. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they never trapped the entity of Gozer. So, where did it go? Because right. you then hear Gozer say, you know, to choose the form of the destructor. So, mm-hmm. Gozer was not destroyed. Right. Just basically in the ethos. That's very, that's a great way to be able to pull that back. It even leaves you thinking. So that portal that Gozer comes out of, can we can we get into this? Yeah. yeah in in sure. the new one, the, mm-hmm. the portal that was there in Somerville, is that where Gozer returned to the minute that, you know. Oh, right. Think, you know, mm, it's like, yeah. How, how'd you, you know, was that, was, because you see that temple, you know, it was, right. it was that like a warping point where, because Gozer's an interdimensional deity strong yeah. enough to do whatever he or she decides. Right. But was that basically point of origin? Because Ray even talks about, you know, you know, return to the nearest point, nearest point of origin or the nearest <laughs> available uh, parallel dimension. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's got to be an origin for some for something that powerful. Right. And was Somerville it because the original temple was there? Right. You know. Yeah. Right. That's true. Huh. Yeah, that's a good call on that. So so, you, so how come in the in the in the end of the first one they realize that if they cross the streams they can defeat Gozer that way. In the new one they try to cross the streams and she breaks out. Why do you think that is? She's more powerful. And she learned the first time. Yeah. Oh, that's true. The first time they crossed the streams and put the power through the portal gateway, mm-hmm. they didn't actually hit Gozer crossing the streams. Oh, they aimed for the flat oh, top. You're right. Yeah. You know, so Gozer was already aware that this was something. You hit something that powerful with those, you know, and he even says, he's like, nothing stings like an electron volt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it stings, but to her, it was. Probably like a taser. Right, and right. She's like, you know what? I could get out of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that scene was very, very powerful where you see her. Yeah, pull the stream. Man, apart. I was nervous. I'm right. not going to lie. I'm like, I was like, how are they getting out of this that's one? That's a yeah. thing. Right. That's a <laughs> thing. You know, like. Yeah, because, and, and, that, and that's the thing too. Like, we were talking uh, earlier outside about, you know, the, the opening scene with, um, with, well, 
Slime ends up being the first ghost that they ever trap yes. in the dining hall of the uh, hotel. And um, it, you could tell that they were, like when he says nice shooting text to yeah. Egon, you could tell like they were new at it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They didn't just grab a ghost, you know, held onto it and then hit the trap and, and, and that was it. Like they yeah. were, they were rookies. Yeah, so they it's, had it's no fun idea to watch what that to scene. do with it. Yeah. You know, like they said in the elevator, you know, it just crossed my mind that we haven't had a successful test <laughs> of this equipment. He's like, I blame myself. <laughs> so do I. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's not like they just came in, and that's why that's why it really is like a story for the people. You know, Winston when he gets hired, you know, his backstory is a lot more in depth in the novel. You know, there's reasons that that probably didn't translate to screen, whether it be time, whether it be money. You know, but there's there's so much lore behind the movie and and then you see but they're really just four guys putting together a business that had never been done before right they just know that they're smart enough in theory to do these things but you know they even said they're like well if the ionization rate is constant for all (laughs) ectoplasmic entities then we could really bust some heads in a spiritual (laughs) sense it was a hypothesis at that point if they could even do this you know, and the first person that they tested it on was that poor maid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the, what hell, the hell are you doing? doing? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. That's sorry, like the, that's sorry. We scenes. thought you were someone else. Yeah. <laughs> that's some big cockroach. There's just like, there's so much yeah. of that in that movie. What are you, so... supposed to be some sort of a cosmonaut? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're exterminators. Somebody saw a cockroach up on 12th. There must be some cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> Bite your it's head so, off, man. It's so good. <laughs> Um, and that, that, that's a, a perfect segue into my next point is um, what did you think about because I know you can't capture the humor of the original with the new one as, as much as you think you can because you know we're in a different decade now different generation different sure. way that people take humor and that, that's something so special about the original is the SNL humor that mm-hmm. comes through with those characters because obviously they're all from SNL um, mm-hmm. so what do you think about how they handled a lot of the uh, comedic timing and beats in the new one I really think that the entire cast of the new one, I mean, Paul Rudd was a great choice. He really was. For Gary Groovers. <laughs> Gary Groverstein. Um, they, Callie, you know, the one that was Phoebe's mother, mm. she was a great actress in there. Mm. Um, Phoebe, you know. Yeah, podcast. McKenna Grace has McKenna- a lot going on for her. Yeah. She is so freaking talented. Yes. And her her jokes, her her delivery of those jokes are just done so well. And while some of them weren't like that funny, the way she delivered them made them funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it becomes funnier if you look at it from the point of, you know, Egon's genius skipped a generation. Okay, I'm not saying Callie was not intelligent. That was right. Egon's daughter. He obviously loved her very very much. But to see the young McKenna Grace play such an perfect granddaughter to Egon Spengler like those deliveries that she put those jokes in and the way she carried herself the way she looked at things the way she explained she reminded me of him it was 100% reminded you of Harold Ramis playing Egon Spengler you know like even in the first one he says when uh Bill Murray says to Harold Ramis, you know, this reminds me of the time that you try to drill a hole through your head. And he's like, that, that might have worked if you wouldn't have stopped me. That would have <laughs> worked if you hadn't stopped yeah. me. Just so, you know, so straightforward, you know, yeah. and her delivery was the same way, you know. And and, it, it and just, her hair is exactly the yeah. same. The glasses, <laughs> the glasses were the really exact good. same because when she looks through Egon's when, he, when she finds him in his jumpsuit pocket, mm. It was a perfect match. Yeah. Just the way, um, even in the first scene in the apartment when she has her headlamp on, okay, and she's, uh, and she's working on the wiring. She changed the, she changed the phase of the wiring around so that she could run her experiments. Yeah. Yeah. And she turns when her mother comes into the room and the light flashes her mother and her mother goes like this. It's the same thing when Egon was talking to, Dana, Dana. Oh, okay. and then Venkman walks in. He goes and he turns and he's like, "Well, she's telling the truth. At least she thinks she is." And he's, yeah. he's blinded <laughs> yeah, by. I didn't the, even catch yeah, that. Yeah, he's blinded by the light. You right. know, like it's there's, the same thing. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of similarity because it was not just rehashing things for the sake of the fans. 
which is great that they're in there because it gives you something to bring you it brings your immersion even back into it more you know but the story yeah. is still completely unique because right. but the the casting of the characters you know podcast great yeah. great um great character you know underrated very you know uh you have um uh, lucky you know you have uh trevor and phoebe like I hope they go on with this because I really want to see these young, talented actors pick up this mantle. Right, and and kind of go kind of go further with it too, because besides Phoebe and uh, and her brother Tre- Trevor, 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 um, the other ones are co- were kind of just thrown in and not really real uh, huge to the story. I feel you know what I mean. Like I, I feel like if they do another one, they can expand on those characters more, which makes yeah. it more exciting. I feel. And I, I think it's I think that is going to happen. I, at least I hope so. You know, Sony, if you're listening to this, <laughs> please, please, please sponsor us. Do more. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it, I was worried in the beginning. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to play out. But the chemistry was so great between those young actors and actresses. It reminded me of the original chemistry between the original four guys. Right. Like, mm-hmm. great. And, and like you said, it, it's not. It wasn't just like rehashing certain little things for the fact of fan service. It was actually creating a story, not, not only for the fans, but to continue the whole canon and everything that we love about Ghostbusters. Yes. Um, which re- which reminds me. Um, I don't know if you can tell me if this is true or not, but I heard that the um, when when Dana first awakens, you know, after like breathing real heavy or whatever, and then there's the streams that are flying around the city. Yeah. They actually took the streams from '84 and put them into the new movie yes, when the streams are did. going through. Did they? That, that whole that's, scene that's where great. where uh, Mick Smiley's magic is playing, like mm. they brought that back, you know, and and that was great because you have you have that connection. You know, it's like okay, if they look like that in '84, they're going to look like that now. They right. did. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel the need to be like. Ooh, it's it's you know 2022. We gotta we gotta up yeah. we gotta up the visual production. A lot of practical effects were still used in the in the new one, and it's great. Which yeah. is which Nick knows as much as I as anybody else that listens to the show that I hate CGI. So the <laughs> fact that you say that most of this new one was was practical, uh-huh. I'm I'm behind that. 100%, if it ain't broke, sure. don't fix it. Uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And they knew how to do it. Yeah, you know, and and that's that's part of why. It, it works so well, you know, and I think to go back to 2016's for, you know, soft reboot or, you know, I think they relied too heavily on CGI. They did. You know, and, and, and it shows. It's like, that's not what, a, and like I said, it was still part of the Ghostbusters, you know, mythos. But like mm-hmm. when you're looking at it from a longtime fan, it's just one of the things that was off was like that's not what a proton pack looks like we already know what a <laughs> right. proton pack looks like right. you know and and i think that's part of what threw the diehard fans off their game and i'm not against anybody that enjoys it because you know if i want to watch something just goofy i'll put it in but it's not my go-to ghostbusters right no doubt yeah i mean and that's the thing too when you love something as much as we love ghostbusters or as much as like like I, I have, I have a couple bands that I've been a fan of since like ninety six, ninety seven, and I, I can seriously say that there's albums I don't really care for within their discography. So it's like when when you're a Ghostbusters fan, and as much as you love it, as much as you do, do you ever find yourself over critiquing it or finding certain things that kind of irk you a little bit about it, or just just the love all there? I think it's in human nature to once you really know something to try and do that but i draw myself away from that if i find myself getting too critical yeah i wonder i have to think first and foremost it is a work of fiction written by very talented writers right i didn't write it i didn't you know i didn't have to look at it and go ooh i could have done better no they did a fantastic job and and if you try and pull it apart too much you're going to destroy what it is right. you know every movie has plot holes. Every, every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Every right. single one of them. It doesn't matter what movie it is. If you're looking for those, you're missing the movie. Right. 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 Yeah. That's why I don't trust a lot of critics too. Like most of the time when you see a movie that like Ghostbusters or like 
uh, Spider-Man, which broke shit ton of records recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen it, if you're a Marvel fan, it's really, really good. Even if you're not a Marvel fan, fucking watch it. It's yeah. amazing. Wonderful. But um, I just, I, I, I always, and, and I, don't, I don't usually pay attention to like Rotten Tomatoes and shit like that. I think it's, it's, it's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you the power of fan bases such as this when you look at certain movies and it's like, Critic score, Rotten Tomatoes, fifty percent. Audience score, ninety nine. Yes. And it's like, so yeah. who gives a shit with Joe Schmo sitting in a the movie theater with his fucking pen and pencil, yeah, and writing picking down, it apart picking it apart, right? If what matters is is fans, right? So. And and you're right because it's funny when they write those. <clears throat> Critics complain that the movies aren't made for them. Right. And then fans go, no, the movies are made for us. Right. You know, but the critics go, well, that was already done. Well. Well, screw you. We're not going to make a movie strictly so somebody can tear it apart. Like, I wish right. somebody would just say that and be like, look, you're right. a movie critic and you make a great job. But look at a movie for what it is. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're going to look at that movie and go, mm, nope, nope, that couldn't possibly happen. Yeah, the physics aren't you're right. You're absolutely right. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> No doubt. You know, because if it would, I'd I'd tell you that I couldn't be on this podcast because I'd be working as a Ghostbuster right, <laughs> right. now. Right, which <laughs> like, I'm sure you would. Right. You uh, know, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm at work. Which which we, yeah. we dove earlier in the episode about you and, and your first encounter with Ghostbusters and how the love has never left you. So can you tell our audience a little bit of any of your adventures discovering other things about Ghostbusters? Like, have you ever been to New York City? Have you ever seen the actual Ecto-1, stuff like that? I have seen the Ecto-1 on Sony Studios lot. And uh, I went out there in 2018, and I remember going to see Sony, and I knew that, you know, and they asked me when I walked on, the, the guide was like, so what's your favorite movie? And for some, I was like, ooh, Ghostbusters. And they were like, oh, that's one of ours, you know, and they, they called me Dr. Venkman for the rest of the tour. I wouldn't mind that. That's <laughs> but awesome. I turned the corner, and I saw Ecto-1 sitting there in front of the Ghost Corps building, and like... Like a kid in a candy store, I took off. Like, there's the tour, <laughs> gr- there's the tour group, and I'm just like, this is amazing. They're like, attention, don't lose, don't leave the group. Yeah. And there's Chris just <laughs> no, I'm like, bolting it, I'm like, <laughs> like beelining it to that <laughs> one. It was, it was so cool to see. It's huge. That that is the single like. I mean, y- you look at an ambulance nowadays, and you say that's yeah. a, that's a big vehicle. Okay, they're normally higher than they are long. Right. This is one long. Mamma Jamma. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> it seems like it would be. It's, it's just abs- it, it, huge, you know, and it was just so cool to see it, you know, because, I mean, I have the toys. I have the die cast, you know, and you look mm-hmm. at it and go, but to see it, it's like, that's 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 real, you did, know. Did they use oh, the yeah. original one for the new movie or no? I am not completely sure um, because I know there was a time, like, in I, – I don't think they used the original because from what I remember – in Ghostbusters 2, we're going to go back to that. In the in the first scenes where you see them coming around the corner when they were out of business and it's sputtering and it's smoking. Smoking, yeah. Um, apparently that was real <laughs> because the car was like was on its on last, its last leg. leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it actually broke down on a bridge. And that's, <laughs> that's why Ecto-1A came into the picture because they had to get another car oh, okay. and work it up and that's why you know it sure. came back with the new lights and the new yeah i just yeah. I, you know it's weird i never even realized that until and i bought um because i couldn't find the the set anyway anywhere which we'll get into you getting the set so you can <laughs> let our listeners know about it because i know a lot of people just can pick it up you know and uh and I, here i thought it was a walmart exclusive so it was going to be at all walmart's no it was online only um <laughs> but I, I i don't know i i guess you can turn my fandom down a notch because I didn't realize this till now. I'm sitting there watching Ghostbusters 2 the other night and I'm like, all the lights on there are different. They changed everything about the lights Uh because they have like the sign that says Ghostbusters and they had like the, I don't know, kind of with like caution tape that goes all the yes. way around the mm-hmm. lights and stuff, and, the, and it wasn't all blue; it was all different colors. And I never realized that before because I'm a fucking idiot. Most <laughs> of, most of the shots of that movie uh, were done in the daytime. So I think those lights showed up cooler oh, okay. on screen, and they had the you know they had the uh, was was it still called LED on the, those those old oh, you know it was like, like we're back yeah. you know goes like yeah. was that still LED I believe so okay yeah. so it was like the beginnings of the LED mm-hmm. signs you know that would scroll yeah like, or maybe LCD maybe possibly but they what whatever it was they you know it, it made it look like hey we're back in business we're going right. strong we're selling this here's thing, yeah. here's the new and. It, 
I like that car. Yeah, I like, I like that, that car I, too. I like the blue flashing lights a little better though. I think it's a slightly more badass. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and those looked cooler at night. Like yeah. those other ones wouldn't look. It would be like. Oh, so so does the <laughs> does the firehouse still exist? Have you been there? No. It does exist. It's actually hook and ladder uh, in New York, and uh, it's if you go there, there's there's actually the you know the fireman badge. There's one with a ghost, no ghost logo in the middle of it, painted yeah. on the sidewalk. They That's have awesome. the original sign from Ghostbusters Two, hanging in the, hanging in the uh, firehouse. Wow! Yeah, it's in operation. It's very nice. cool. Um, the now the inside of that, those scenes were shot in L.A. Okay. And that firehouse is closed down. That yeah. that one is closed That's down. But the okay. pole is there. It's all there. You know, it's not a Starbucks. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. It, that's what I wondered, too, in the new movie when, when Phoebe calls Ray and he's talking about, you know, what happened with the Ghostbusters and whatnot. And he's like, and the, the firehouse is now a Starbucks. Well, at the end, <laughs> when, when Winston in the final credit scene is pulling the car into the firehouse, it's not a Starbucks. So did he lie to her? Well, let's, let's, let's look at it for what it is. Everything is a Starbucks nowadays. Right. So right. I think I think that's where the humor was because he yeah. just delivered it so perfectly. Right. It's like it's a Starbucks now. You know, like <laughs> and he, 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 he kind of wanted to get off the phone with her to begin with right. too. So he's probably like, I've told her enough. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Are you a Ghostbuster? And I'm hanging up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, at first, I'm watching that scene and I'm like, Please don't hang up. Please, <laughs> please don't. Like it's just uh, and the way they introduce the characters too. Part of me wishes that. Um, and spoiler alert, they all show up at the end. Uh, eh. part, part of me wishes that, um, we say spoiler alert a lot on here because Nick and I just talk eh. about everything. We're like, fuck it. If you didn't watch it, too bad. <laughs> and it's funny because when I first started this show, I started it as a thing to where Nick and I would talk about movies that maybe people haven't seen, but we talk so in depth about them that if somebody's listening to this, they be like, well, I don't need to watch it now or whatever. Right. But what, I mean, some people do like getting a lot of the info first. No matter what yeah, we say, go out and see the movie for yourself. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Definitely. But, um, I don't know. Part of me at first felt like, they could have been in it a little more, but then part of me loved the fact that they showed up when they showed up and they did what they did. I, you know I, what I mean? I think it was a perfect way to bring them in. It was a perfect way. Now, of course, this is all my own opinion. Perfect way to not overshadow the cast that had worked so hard during the rest of the movie. Right. Because there's some people that were just waiting for, hey, flat right. top, have you missed this? You right. know, like. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, yeah, <laughs> you know, and but you can't you can't just say, all right, that was the best part of the movie because you know if there's if there's going to be another one, we can't expect it to be all about them. They are, they have to pass the torch, and right. I think it was done well, and I think they put. Uh, yes, I would have loved. Full, I think we all would. have. I would have loved to see a lot more, yeah. but I think they used it well. They did. They know? did because, like you said, they they had to give. All the other characters a story before they gave you the right. holy shit there they are type of yeah, thing. Like you said, especially work. if they're gonna do another one, they yeah. definitely need to. You know, they were kind establish of those other characters. That's it. They they established the characters strongly, and mm-hmm. and that's what happened. And the time you know when they brought them in, it was perfect for I feel uh, you know for somebody. I mean, with my limited story writing, but I mean, I think it was a perfect time because it was like. Sometimes shit happens, and who are you gonna call? Right. They, Ghostbust. They turned up in the at a perfect time when the other team was struggling, and and it was so similar to me. Those kids had no idea how to use that equipment. Right. None. Right. But neither did they when they started. Right. But then look yeah. at them. You know, Winston. Winston's trying to fire the. Th- Fire the Detrono on one-handed. And right. then, you know, goes and knocks it out and goes, well, it was a good try anyway. Yeah. You know, like, that was great. You know, they really knew the equipment, you know. And, and one day, the younger generation is going to know the equipment. Mm-hmm. And that's what, right. man, I, I can't wait to see where that's going to go. And uh, the scene where Gozer splits J.K. Simmons in half is fucking bad. <laughs> so I was not expecting that at all. What's his name? Evo Shandor? Evo Did I get that Shandor. right? Did I get that right? Evo I, I like that they brought him back, you yes. know, because they, they obviously mentioned him in the first one. And I, and I like how they, like, expanded on him more, like mm-hmm. how he built the town and the, the mine is his and all that yeah. stuff. And I don't know. I just, I, I liked that part of it, too. I thought it was cool. It was. To, to just kind of bring that in, that info in the first one, and if you weren't paying attention, then you're sitting there like in the new one, like who the fuck is Evo right. Shandor? <laughs> and you know I, mean? and like, I love J.K. Simmons as an actor. So do I. Yeah. And you know that man's resume just basically says if there's any character that you need played, right, I could fill it in. Mm-hmm. And I think his role as you know he's like oh, you know 
Your eminence, we have set this up. And she just... Yeah, she's, <laughs> like, she's like, enough talk. Oh, Get the fuck out of here. Like. And it just cements the fact that, you know, she is an evil interdimensional deity. She cares about no one other than herself. Right. right. Himself. Itself. Itself. <laughs> I, I feel as though... And, and, the, and the new one takes... Um, two characters and makes him the, the key master and the gatekeeper, just like uh, Rick Moranis and, and mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver. But I feel I don't know. I feel like they 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 gave those characters in the first one a little more to do with the gatekeeper and the key master than than uh, Carrie Coon and and Paul Rudd. I feel like they I feel like they rushed that part of it a little bit. But I think they made it maybe yeah. rushed it because. It's being fans already. We kind of already know what needs to happen. Right. I don't know. Is that yeah. is that a fair assessment? I don't know. I just not that it bothers me, but I just I kind of see no, it that I, way. I get what you're saying. It was like there there was a buildup before Lewis Tully and Dana but. Barrett became. You know, they lived in that building that was built by Evo Shandor. Right. You know, dude's building everything. <laughs> well, we built the entire town. Right. You know, yeah. and. Uh, and this one, it was like, they need to get there. We already knew how it happens. So right. let's just put it together. Right. You know? Right. And yeah. I just, I liked the build up though. Like, sure. like yeah. the scene with Dana is, is a little more, uh, keeps you a little more on edge and scares you a little more than, than I feel like Miss Coon sitting in the chair. I don't know. Yeah. I, I remember in the original one when she, I, I still remember when the phone rings and she's talking to her mom and that phone, like that old 80s ringer phone, <laughs> yeah. scared the shit out of her. Like, there's her jump scare. It was a phone ringing, you know? Yeah. And then she says, look, I got to go. I have a date. Oh, he's a Ghostbuster. Yes, those guys on TV. Right. You know, and then when the terror dog's arms pop out of that couch yes. and pull her to the kitchen, that was a frightening scene. It was. Yeah. That was a terribly frightening it scene. Really was. I don't care. Like it was just like, oh, that's not how I'd want to go. Right. You know, right. like no doubt. that was. And it, you know, when I was four, that was even more terrifying. <laughs> like, that, that brings me back to Ghostbusters too. Too when, when I first saw that, I was probably about six or seven. Okay. And um, the scene that always scared me, and I had to laugh when I watched it the other day because I'm like, that's not scary. What the hell's wrong with me? And it, you know, you're talking to somebody that was watching Halloween Friday Thirteenth like short, <laughs> shortly after all of this, but. Um, the scene where, um, God, what's, what's my brain fart now? Where's Vigo's accomplice's name again? Janos Poha. Yeah, Janos Poha. Janos, yeah. But when he steals the baby, for some reason, I, <laughs> that scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Like, you can ask my twin brother, like, I'd be hiding my eyes and just have my fingers, like, <laughs> slightly open. And now I watch it and I'm like, it's just him as a ghost with red eyes extending his arm to grab the baby. But yeah. for some reason, my kid mind made it scary. It was that. weird yeah, that he was dressed as a nanny. Yeah, right. It was. Yeah. Actually, I think the scariest scene in all of Ghostbusters 2, even when I was younger, was literally when they were looking at the pictures in the dark room and they're trying oh, to same, and, same. And it caught same. fire. That was more frightening to me than any of the other ones. <laughs> well, because don't they see Vigo's face all fucked up yeah. too, and then it catches on fire? And then everything like, catches on fire, yeah. and they're stuck in there, and, and, and Winston has to break down the door. like Which to, makes Winston the hero at the time, yeah. which is awesome. To this I feel day, like that's, that still makes me nervous, because I... I don't want to get caught on fire. Right, right. Like, that <laughs> like, one frightens me more than like, Are they else. getting out of there? Because yeah, they I, don't have any anything on them, you know? <laughs> no, you know, and then they were just trying to have dinner and work and do some work, you know? Yeah. Like, that's terrible. It is. Yeah, that scared me. That scared it's, me. The bathtub didn't scare me. You know, the heads in the subway, you know, when they did that <laughs> that thing, you know, and... and, and uh, Oh, that scared me as a kid, too, the heads in the subway. Yeah. But I was, now I was a little pussy back then. I, guess. I, don't, <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know how. Everything I watch scared everything the now. shit out of me when I was little. Yeah. Too. Oh, I yeah. hated horror. <laughs> <laughs> now look at you. You're on a horror yeah. podcast. Crazy. Fuck yeah. I, I think, you know, since we're on a horror podcast, we, we can say that. I think everybody's tolerance of the way they perceive a movie. Uh, like, I used to be so, when I first saw Evil Dead, I was like, this is this is terrifying. This, yeah. is, this is terrifying. But now you look at it and go... That's a dark comedy too. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, it's, it's campy, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's campy, but it's like super fucked up, right? Too, you know? Yeah, you know. But like, there it was like the heads never scared me. You know, it, it was more of a jump scare. But like, no, the catching on fire was the one that freaked me out because after the first one, I was like, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I don't know. The heads, <laughs> the heads scared me too. I don't know. I, and that's the thing too. I, I don't. I mean, thinking about it now, I guess like literally right now at this moment, I feel like two might have been a little more serious than one was. It was. Yeah. 
it was. Do you think that was done on purpose to try to make it a little different? As much as I said earlier that I felt like they're the kind of the same movie, <clears throat> I just now realize that. I well, guess that's why we have these conversations. You know, <laughs> let's let's look at it. Let's pretend. Let's let's pretend. This is this is a group of people that have worked together. Okay, they worked together. They saved New York in '84. It's now '89. They're doing this work again. It's another. These people are coworkers. How many times have you? been with a co you know been with your group of close co-workers and you do these you have these serious conversations you know that things were more nothing surprised them as much in the second one so they couldn't right. be as overtly humorous it was just kind of like all right this is part of the job so they threw in things like when they went to the restaurant and uh they went to Peter's apartment building and Dana and him are getting ready to go out to dinner and they're like, hey, do you want, you know, we, you got to come down in the sewer with us and they're wearing all their uh, like outer rain gear or whatever mm -hmm. and, and he says, you know, hey, there's an all-you-can-eat <laughs> rib night down at the Sizzler, you know, and and uh, they were just like, uh, you know, yeah, like, like uh, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, there were certain things that I think just showed Maybe it was less humorous, but it showed their evolution as they truly ain't afraid of no ghosts. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back and be a kid for a moment, too. Like as much as uh, as we all want to wear the jumpsuit every single day, I I have to say and I might be alone on this. I might be on a little island far away while every Ghostbusters fan is giving me the finger. But I think the best jumpsuit was the dark gray ones that they wear in two. It, it was it's a very cool one. Um iconically you because they did wear they did wear tan ones in two as well yes. they were a different pattern they were a herringbone pattern which was different than the original straight um tan from the first one but that that it 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 was a it's a cool i do i do not have a dark it, dark gray one i don't know when i saw those first as a kid and even when i saw them recently when i was watching it i'm like you know what i think those personally are the better suits i don't know yeah. i like the dark gray they're cool they, they are so oh, uh, yeah, man. I don't know. Anything else? We good? We good on Ghostbusters? Anything to add before we head out? Anything else? Everybody needs to go see it. Everybody does. Call. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Everybody, Ghostbusters. everybody <laughs> needs to go see it. And if you haven't, yeah. do. And if you haven't, I'm seen, probably gonna go watch it again the next. If you haven't seen the first two, do it. Yeah. Because um, it's just it's a franchise that's gonna keep going, and you might as well. Uh, Ride along with us because yeah. I think it's going to be a hell of a ride. Actually, I need, to restart this. I need to watch the second one again. Actually, too. before we go, where do you see it going as far as uh, the way they left the, the end of the new one with Winston pulling the car into the firehouse? Or where would you like to see it go? I would like, I would like personally to see that restored. I would like to see us go back to the firehouse. I would like to see... You know, Carrie Coon is Callie. I want to see Paul Gruberson come to New York, maybe work alongside the team, you know, because he's a seismologist. That's a scientist. Or do you think he becomes a Ghostbuster eventually? I, I hope. You know, yeah. I, I think everybody needs, I think it's going to be, you know, because it, they, sorry, we could talk about this forever, but when Phoebe is in the car, when the terror dog of Vince mm -hmm. Clortho, which when he took over, uh, Paul Rudd's character and they're chasing him and she's she's like oh excuse me and she goes out in the jump seat and then fires a shot to knock him back and then comes back in <laughs> yeah. and she's like Phoebe you're a you're a I'm a scientist and right. I'm a scientist you know but you know what they were alluding to she right. was gonna say you're a ghostbuster yeah you know like <laughs> I anybody, thought that was what she was gonna anybody say anybody can be a ghostbuster yes let's do it again so do you think Annie Potts comes back and helps uh Winston out since she is in the final scene talking to him about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you like? The, did you like that she was only in it for that scene? Do you think it was okay? I think the way they used her. I think they used her the best they could in that situation in the medium of of that plot of yeah. this plot. Right. Sure. Yeah. Because she's not. You know, she said she's like, well, you know, I was a friend of your father's. You right. know. Oh, like a financial manager? No, oh, there was no money to manage. You know, like, <laughs> but she she was definitely close. Right. You yeah. know. Oh, the dirt farmer. Yeah, I don't know. Did you ever farmer. see, like, I, I know that, like, Annie Potts' character and Rick Moranis' character kind of had a love interest thing going on, but did you ever think she really had a, I always thought she really had a thing for Egon, though. 
I think yeah. that maybe they had originally tried to go that way. There's a lot of conjecture. That this is a whole. If if we wanted to do <laughs> the Janine and Egon like podcast, that's a whole. That's a whole separate thing. There's so much lore with with this. You know, I mean, yeah. that you could talk about it forever because right. everybody sees certain different things, There's different angles, and sure. different opinions, and whatever. You, you know. know. All right, well, then one yeah. final question for you before we go. So there's a scene before the final credit scene that seems like it was from the first movie where Egon is talking to, uh, to Janine. Janine. And she has the coin from the 64 World's Fair. And she, mm. you know. And so like, was that a deleted scene that, that they just was found a deleted and threw in? Scene. Okay. That was oh, a deleted nice. scene. Had you was... seen it before the movie was released, or did they throw that in there? I had seen it in, uh, not in motion but i had seen the cells for it okay, okay. i've seen you know so i knew that that was there but it was one of those things it was it wasn't unnecessary yeah. you know it's good to see now right and i think it actually works better in now. the film now because yeah. you can see it leads a lot to it's like well it's janine callie's mom right uh, yeah you know um, <laughs> that's true but if you put her age right, I, again, we could do this forever, but think about this. If you put her age right, it means that she was born before the events of 1984. Oh, right. So. So that's out. Huh. That's out. You know. And it could kind of lead to the reason that Egon may not be interested in Janine other right. than friends because she he already had oh, a kid right, with right. someone else. A love interest yeah. somewhere elsewhere, yeah. yeah. All hmm. right. Well, didn't think thanks about for, that. Right, no doubt. Well, we can sit here and think all day, but yeah. <laughs> we have time slots here, we unfortunately. Do. Yeah, we, do. We, might do, we might do another yeah, Ghostbusters episode. Yeah, we might do a part episode. two or, okay. or who yeah. knows. Yeah. Right. We could do we'll that. We could bring yeah. it back on. If yeah. you're down for it, man, we might have Absolutely. to do another one. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll definitely do another one, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. And one more time. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Busting makes me feel good. Yeah. 